The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Words, sounds, signs, we use all of these elements to express our thoughts and feelings to each other. Now, this system is what we call a language. Language, of course, is an integral part of our daily communication because it helps us to understand and also to be understood. Good morning. Kuyamora, Saubona, Molo, Lochani, Dumela, Nda, Avusheni. Welcome to this morning's edition of the Forum at 8, where we focus on language and the issue of whether South Africa should have one official language or whether we should stick to the current 11 official languages that we do have. On Saturday, the World Observed International Mother Language Day. The United Nations has set this day aside to promote unity in diversity and international understanding through multilingualism and multiculturalism. But before we get into the discussion with our panelists here in studio, let's listen to this audio collage of our official languages in South Africa. I want to pronounce it. Ah, you push your tongue up and then you flip But we have to do this as we get into the discussion this morning. We are asking the question whether South Africa should have one official language or whether we should stick to the 11 official languages that we have. And I tell you, since we mentioned this this morning, the comments have just been streaming in. So it is very clear that this is an issue that South Africans hold very dear. It is very close to them. And 
that's not unexpected. I must just also indicate that we uh, did actually invite uh, Pansalb to join us uh, this morning for this discussion, but unfortunately, uh, they have not. Uh, they they not available is what I should say for this morning's discussion. Be that as it may, we have uh, Alex Ndiso Mabunda who's back with us. He is managing a partner at Ndiso Consulting. Thanks for coming through, Alex. Again, huh? And we also have with us uh, Kim uh, Valmach, who is Acting Director uh, of the Wits Language School. Thanks for your time as well, Kim. Thanks so much, Sakina. Now, maybe we should just start by looking at, you know, the issue uh, surrounding the official status of languages. When we say that a language is an official uh, language, what does that mean, Kim? Well, Sakina, being an official language is a very important thing because it acknowledges the status of a language. It, it also means that we have a, a, a duty to respect and to promote those languages. So around the transition to democracy, the South African government decided we need to look at our languages because under Afrikaans and English, with two languages as, as official, 75% of the population were disadvantaged and we could not have access to official publications. So that is why, looking at language, they had to look at the picture. And the reality is that we need all those 11 languages. We have regional languages. So yes, it's not going to be great if you want to try and speak Tsonga in Natal, but if you're going to be in the area where Tsonga is spoken, you must have that language. So the problem in South Africa, or the absolute resource is that we have so many languages but we need them all mm. but, but but you also indicate that you know once a language has been declared official you have a duty to respect and i guess more importantly to promote that particular language now do you think that has happened in the south african context has it happened sufficiently definitely it hasn't happened sufficiently um <clears throat> i think the, the Government has worked with it, but it's, it's quite a big challenge as well to make sure that you acknowledge language everywhere. So um, there's a new act, which is the Use of Official Languages Act, and that act says that in government one must use at least three official languages. So that is a step in the right direction. People, linguists will say, we haven't gone far enough. I'm a translator by trade, and I know there has been an explosion of translation into African languages and an explosion of interpretation. So it sounds as though the need is there, people are doing it, it's just possibly government needs to do more. Alex, what's your take on that? Thank you, Sakina. Um, well, in, in terms of whether or not languages are used uh, equally, if I may use that word, um, it, it is true that there are challenges in that regard. Um, I think myself being a Tsonga speaker, Tsonga, it's, it's, it's a classic example. Um, many people will know that uh, as it stands, for example, we don't have anything, or we've never had, let me just put it that way, anything on, on SABC TV, for example, you know, like a, like a song of drama, uh, luckily, uh, and which is a step in a positive direction, I mean, in a, in a, in a right direction. Uh, in the past few years, we've had a, a vendor um, a drama, that is uh, Mubangwa. So, but of course, you know, there's no need to hold a gun on anyone and, and say we're not doing this thing. Uh, there are practical problems. I mean, we only have three channels that broadcast a certain amount of hours a day. Um, when you look at the demographics, you know, uh, there are certain language groups for which there are more uh, people than others, and obviously markets dictates perhaps 
that uh, those groups have to be um, catered more. When you go to ATMs, in some instances, you will find some of the languages, some banks try harder than others. Um, when you look at public notices, you know, the same happens in, in, in most cases. Most of them will be Zulu and, mm. and, and Sutu. Um, but I think this is just a reflection of something that's broken within our language space. I, I don't think... What, is, what is broken, would you say? Okay, so 11 official languages is, is a problem. Um, it has its historical uh, context. It has, it, it has roots from history. Um, however, it, it's not ideal uh, for the reasons that we've just mentioned now. It, it's not workable that you can basically use all of them uh, equally. However, um, we, and, and which is what I will push for, we need to find a way to condense these 11 official languages into, especially the Bantu ones, into something that can represent uh, all, all, all those speakers, but then being able to create a common platform that not only will everyone identify with that platform, but that can be a basis for a new developmental discourse if, and I'm sure the professor will agree with me, we agree that language is also a carrier uh, of knowledge, carrier of culture, but a very, very important instrument of development. Am I understanding you correctly? Are you suggesting that we come up with a whole new language, as it were? Not in that strict sense of coming up with a whole, uh, a whole new language. Uh, when you look at these languages, um, between the so-called Ngunu, Sotho, Venda, and, and Tonga languages, and, and you try to analyze them closely, you look at the syntax, the grammar, the, 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 the vocabulary, mm. you, you will begin to see um, a trait, a common trait that then suggests that uh, these, as I would have indicated previously, are not exactly languages in a classical sense of a language. Rather, they are, a dial- they are dialects of um, what uh, was in, in, well, not necessarily in the beginning, but in the past, uh, the same language. And that is linked to our history as part of this part of uh, Africa in terms of where we come from. We, we have indicated in the past that uh, from the pre-colonial um, polity, uh, I alluded to the Monomotaba Kingdom, but obviously that would have had its uh, predecessors. Mm. Um, these people spoke um, pretty much the same language, and it was only when um, you know the colonialists came in, destabilized that kingdom for its riches, that uh, various groups in splinters uh, ran into different directions away from the center. And um, that resulted in dilution of that uh, language into various dialects. And and we shouldn't even make an assumption that everyone fled down south. I mean, um, you know, if you go to Zambia, uh, Tanzania, Kenya, and and you listen to some of the local dialects, you know, it feels like you are back at home in, in South Africa. So there is a basis. What we need to do is to try and find that from which these languages have developed and develop it. Mm. I mean, if you look at Swahili, for example, you know, it's a language that incorporates a whole lot of dialects, including Arabic. Um, So this thing has been done. Uh, We can do it. Um, 
you know, we just need to have obviously the political will and plow the necessary resources and, and plan it properly. We can uh, be able to go back and find that source language that all of us can identify with. And this is not going to be a creation of a, a new language rather than a discovery of um, a language that identifies all of us as one people. And I did again indicate that it's not merely about communicating and say, Abshani, you know, hello. Uh, language runs deeper. Um, There's issues of identity development. But most importantly, from where I stand, when these languages were, were, were lost with that background that I indicated, a lot of knowledge was lost with those languages. And mm. in trying to recover them, we will definitely be recovering some of that knowledge which this country needs as part of its instruments of, of development. I mean, that's the only way we can compete with some of the major regions of, um, of, 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 of the world. And that, that still raises some very interesting questions. You know, when you talk about a, a, a language being accorded official status, if you have 11 official languages, surely you expect all of them to be developed at the same pace. You don't want to be stuck in a situation whereby some are still enjoying preference over others. And um, maybe not by design, but perhaps by default. But if that happens, then it still poses a problem. It still poses a problem if we are trying to promote uh, the usage of indigenous languages, of mother tongue. And yet when a child gets to a certain level at school, they are told, okay, now you have to switch to English because, unfortunately, your mother tongue cannot be accommodated beyond this point in um, most subjects. So all of these uh, issues raise various questions that we need to get into. But the lines are open, so you are welcome to call in 891 You can also SMS us on 34701 or you can tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM. The question we are asking you this morning is whether South Africa should have just one official language or should we have 11 or perhaps even more as some people are calling for the inclusion of a few more languages uh, to be afforded official status in the South African context. What is your take on this? And um, Kim, perhaps if we could just go back to this issue of uh, developing the development of those languages and the various stages thereof, uh, because you can see quite a few, you know, um, ghosts rearing their heads there again. I think what we need to acknowledge is that the government has done a lot of work and it would have been very nice to have had PANSALP and some of the other institutions here today because really they have done a lot of good work. Dictionaries have been developed and there are language units who are working really, really hard to make sure that even languages such as Ndebele have dictionaries, have everything that they need. I think we, we make a mistake somehow. We think that because our languages possibly don't have the technical terminology that we can't discuss things. But what we need to realize is that terminology is not everything. As long as you can conceptualize something in a language, you can describe it. I remember someone who was interpreting for Pan-South African Language Board. He was um, a Nama interpreter, and he'd never interpreted simultaneously before. And I said to him, oh, are you going to manage? And he said, no problem. And he'd, he'd worked in court before. So I said, okay, so in your language, how would, you, how would you interpret transformation? He said, no problem. We have a word that describes a dry riverbank and then what happens once it's flooded. 
So he just needed that creativity to say, yes, okay, I understand what you're saying and I'm going to use something that I already know. Mm. So that's possible. I mean, I agree with Alex. Language does run deeper. I don't Much think, deeper. I don't think we can harmonize and still keep that. I think we need to know more about our languages. I agree with that. And I think we need to add one. Um, that was something that I believe quite strongly. Mm-hmm. The deaf community in South Africa does not have access. They really do not. And it's the one community that needs their language added. You know, the rest of us, yes, we can make, make do with English if we have to. And we can make do with um, Afrikaans. And maybe we can speak a bit of Zulu. But deaf people need sign language and they need that acknowledgement. Mm. And of course, I see uh, many of you picking up saying, okay, maybe Zulu should be the official language. Maybe uh, Isikosa should be the uh, official language. But overwhelmingly, it seems that people are saying we should just, you know, adopt English as our official language. Um, Alex? Uh, Thank you, Sakina. And uh, yeah, maybe just to um, agree with the prof, you know, um, about the the deaf language, Mm -hmm. I I think, uh, you know, (laughs) As I look into this language issue, that's the one element that escaped me. But I think it's a very important one. And I think um, the powers that be do need to take this uh, quite seriously. Um, But then coming to, obviously, the languages as we we, we understand them, uh, I just wanted to digress a little bit, uh, if if, if you don't mind, Sakina, and, and just introduce another angle to this. You know, my, my views that I hold around the fact that we do need a, a common language um, are inspired by the fact that, uh, you know, our languages are dying, Bantu languages, and there's no, we, we cannot deny that. So, in as much as they are used in various forms of communication on TV and everything, the truth is that um, since, or rather these languages, first of all, they were organized around the Bantu stand uh, arrangement as tools of development because, you know, the apartheid state understood the power of language. Uh, language can unite and language can divide. And in terms of our history, it's been used to divide us up. I did indicate that these were not completely different languages, but when they were put into writing and certain dialects were emphasized over others in certain geographies, they were then remarketed as languages um, or nation languages, if I may call them that way, to the extent that people now believe that God created vendors and put them in vendor, created Tongas and put them in the former Gazan mm. and so forth, which is not true. And that has drawn a line between the various Bantu groups in South Africa. And, I mean, the last time we were talking here, we were talking about tribalism, and this issue of language featured quite prominently as Mm. the dividing factor between groups. So this call for reunification through language, it's also meant, uh, from my perspective, to, to deal with this problem. But the, the real one that we really should be dealing with, I'll give you an example. So my kids go to, you know, uh, a school somewhere in one of the suburbs, uh, which f- offers very minimal Zulu, you know, just for conversational purposes. 
um, and none of the other languages. And so the rising middle class in South Africa, which is sure to produce the future leading class, um, our children are basically not studying our African languages. So in the next two to three generations, even Zulu, which is perhaps the most powerful in terms of spread, uh, you will find that you know a Zulu middle class child hardly speaks Zulu, you know, if they are going to Hilton College and so forth. So that, that's quite an important issue. They are going to die, and and that's why we're saying before they die, let's do something, let's put together, let, let's rediscover this origin, document it, keep it, even if it's, even if it's for the future, because if we don't act, unfortunately, in the next two to three generations, Bantu languages will basically be. You know, uh, mm. <laughs> become as esoteric. Yeah. And these are the realities of our times. Uh, last week in Parliament, I remember one of the uh, speakers from the DA, and 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 you know, um, the people from the opposition benches were laughing at him uh, because of his accent, the accent with which he was articulating his mother tongue, and uh, it speaks to the question that Alex is raising now. But does that mean that we should then, at this point in South? Africa uh, really confine ourselves to a lingua franca uh, that could be an English, it could be an Isizulu, it could be Isikosa, Isisutu, uh, Chitsonga, or whatever the case may be. Should we be thinking along those lines as a nation, or should we continue developing the other languages and maybe even expanding on the number of um, official languages that we have in South Africa. Kim was saying um, the uh, sign language should be included. Uh, quite a few of you also saying the languages, uh, the Khoi-San language uh, should be included. Now, Khoi and San are two different peoples. They are not the same people, you see. And in their we even create more confusion because that is not one language either. So there's a lot more that we need to consider. Should Chad Africa consider having just one official language or should we stick to the current 11 official languages? And so many, so many issues being raised. As Alex was saying before the break, it would seem as though indigenous South Africans are not too concerned about, you know, imparting their mother tongue to their children and almost prioritizing English over their mother tongue. And Kim was saying also the issue of uh, if you look at, um, you know, foreign nationals who come into South Africa who do uh, more than anything try to maintain and make sure that their children actually keep their mother tongue. That's why you would have uh, the French International School, the German School, all of these schools so that their children go to schools and still learn in their mother tongue. So, what do you think will be the solution to all of this? Uh, let's go to Confidence in Bedford View. Good morning, Confidence. Good morning. Let me just go straight to the point. My view is that uh, we have got to keep all the languages and uh, not attempt to have a single language as a South African language. The people that are calling for a single language are making it impossible for all our languages to prosper. Language in South African sense is the biggest uh, instrument that we can use to promote South African nationhood and also to promote social cohesion. I am not surprised that the PENSALP is not here today. It is failing. The PENSALP should have uh, stood up and got a single group of all languages to work together on the project of, form, of, of word formulation. 
Instead, what they do is that they become very reactionary. For example, at the time when the institutions of higher learning in KZN decided to use Zulu, they just jumped onto the bandwagon. The Department of Basic Education and the Department of Arts should make sure that the use of the Language Act uh, is improved because the, in its current form, it is too little and too late. It is very inadequate and very patronizing. Those that are calling for us to recognize other languages like Greek and Gujarati and English, they forget the fact that these languages are being developed in their, in their countries of origin. Bear in mind that Afrikaans is a South African language, not an African language. It is a Germanic language. The historical basis that was put by the speaker earlier on in the program, where he was trying to explain the history of the Bantu, is very flawed. Those that are in the south, like ourselves, are being told that we are coming from the north. Those that are from the north, like, for example, in Kenya, they are being told that they are, they are, they are coming from the south. And all those, it was just for the people that were coming from Europe to make sure that they emphasize the fact that the land in which we find ourselves does not belong to us. It is very sexy to talk about promoting science and technology and not to promote history, language, and culture. And a nation that does not know itself and its origin is doomed to failure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, confidence in Bedford View. Let's go to Anonymous in Mpumalanga. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I'm calling you from an organization called Sonke Foundation. Uh, the reason why I'm actually emphasizing to, to, to label my organization is we've sent a proposal to the SAPC that was two years back in regarding to language development. And then we, we wanted to introduce a system uh, that will enable a, 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 a user or a person that's actually uh, watching TV at home, uh, hence the lady or the man, or the, the guest mentioned the issue of saying that we've only got three uh, television, uh, public television in, uh, in South Africa. And we wanted to develop a system that will enable all language languages, all, lang- all 11 languages to be acknowledged. Meaning, if you would be watching SAPC 1 at 8, uh, and obviously, it, uh, it, it, which is generation, the new generation, which uh, speaks mostly English, you would have had a, 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 an option uh, through that system to say that which language you want uh, the speaker or your preference. Say, for instance, you would say, okay, you'll go on the system and it's punch language menu, and obviously it will give you the different language that you can get the translation translated to. So that would have actually played a massive role uh, first in the media. And we also went to, to print medias, companies to, to say to them that we wanted to develop a version of uh, a language development that would have enabled media companies or print, uh, print media to have three or four different type of, of, of languages per print of, 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 of their, their news or whatsoever. So let's say, for instance, in an area like Mpumalanga where four, we've got maybe, let's say, four major languages, and then you take one newspaper, we say, okay, it prints the official or the, 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 the primary language in English, and it would generate two more or three more languages. When a, a person goes and buys that newspaper, that person would have been able to say that, I'm buying a, 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 a primary newspaper, but the primary newspaper would have had an option to say that you can tear off a label mm. and then underneath that label it comes your language of preference. Okay. And up until now, we have not had anything in developing language. All right. Uh, that's uh, Anonymous's view calling us from Pumalanga. Kaya is in Hofmeyer. Good morning. 
Good morning, Sister Kena. Thanks for taking my call. Sister Kena, I think for me to, to talk about having a single language and one official language, to me it will be problematic because we are, stri- we are still trying to grapple as a country to understand and accept the 11 official languages that this country has got. So because we are a diverse country and we've got a lot of uh, people and with different cultures and, and languages, so I think we need to, to, to just carry on with the languages that we're having but make sure that those that were disadvantaged before are at least uh, finding their own way up to the top so that we understand that we are in a democratic state. For now, I think we, are, we must learn to, to, to speak and respect all the languages, more especially those that were disadvantaged before. Thank you. Okay, much. thanks, Kaya. Joseph and Friyanahan, good morning. Hi, second. Just um, a couple of points. One, um, there's no other country in the world that has... Um, numerous official languages. Germany has German, Italy has Italian, um, France has French. So people who are saying that um, the French and the Italians and the Chinese don't speak English and they're developed, it is because they adopted one official language and that is why they are so developed. Look at America. America was colonized by England. Today they speak English and they are still the most developed country in the whole world. So this myth of people saying that when we have um, one, when we adopt English as an official language, then it means that we are leaving our rules. It's a myth. You can a child can go home and learn his office, uh, his mother tongue um, at home, but when a child goes to school, a school is a public place. You cannot have a certain school where you have. Um, um, for example, if you go to a medical school, for example, in the Free State or in Pretoria, you have certain students who, who study in, you have certain classes, and those classes are, are taught in Afrikaans. And in the same class, maybe you have people who are in the fifth year. In the same class, you have other people studying in, in, in Fisutu. You have other people studying in English. That brings problems, and it brings, it brings division. If you go to an official place, or if you go to, to a Place. There's an interpretation in Afrikaans and there's an interpretation in English. So if you have 11, 13, 12, 15 official languages, are you going to say, okay, this thing, if you, if you have a notice on the board, you're going to have it in 100 official languages. That will not work. So I think that a child, um, every parent has a responsibility to teach their children the official language, their okay. mother tongue. And when the child goes to school, the child can learn one, of, one language in which everybody can identify with and then we can grow immensely as a country. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Joseph, for that input. Let's go to Hassan Logat here in Johannesburg. Good morning. Yeah, Sakina, just two points. Is that, uh, I mean, I think uh, your speaker was looking at population density and saying, well, Isi Zulu is the most spoken or something like that. But, the, you know, there are other discussions that suggest that Sisutu's languages are widespread and spoken at various border posts in Botswana, Lesotho, the Limpopo areas, etc. So, so I'm just saying that, that, you know, that, that we should need to talk about how widespread the language is and not whether there's a concentration you know, of it. The second issue that I wanted to try and raise is about your point where you're saying foreign nationals come here and their languages are, are continue to search out for this. Those are being funded by the German embassy, uh, uh, Goethe Institute, uh, Alliance Francaise. These are state push uh, initiatives supported by, and of course they're giving it to the civil society. The question we need to ask, what is our government doing to support the nurturing of these languages? And before we can say it's a failure, we must say there's a failure of government to support these languages to flourish. All right. Thank you so much, Hassan, for that. Spusisa Nkosi is calling us from uh, Pansal. Good morning. 
Uh, morning, how are you? Uh, well, thanks, and you? I'm all right. You're in... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, I've just uh, joined in the conversation, actually. Um, <clears throat> I was not quite sure uh, about the question, but I understand that uh, we are talking about uh, the issue of uh, having one language uh, as an official language for this country. Is that so? The question is whether we should have one official language or whether we should have the 11 official languages that we already have and even add a few more. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, look, uh, I, in terms of the constitution, uh, currently we have 11 official languages. Uh, other languages like Khoi, Nama and Zen, uh, including sign language, are protected by the constitution. So whoever is... Um, a speaker of those language is actually protected by the constitution to speak whatever language they feel comfortable with. Uh, so at this stage, uh, there are plans to try and have um, sign language as the 18th official language. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just ask you, Spusiso Ngozi, um, Hassan Logat, who spoke before you, uh, the caller before you, he was saying, he was asking the question about what is government doing to make sure that our indigenous languages are developed and flourishing? Uh, look, progress is there, but uh, it's very slow. Uh, that's what I can say. Uh, for instance, uh, there's a new act, I'm sure you're aware of, the uh, South African uh, it's called the Use of South African Official Language Act uh, that came to being about uh, two years ago. Uh, what's happening with that act, it uh, makes it compulsory uh, for all uh, state institutions to have language policies as well as uh, language um, uh, divisions that will ensure that at least uh, they use three official languages. Use three official languages and, you know, uh, that has been highlighted as something that could be part of the problem because three official languages and very often there are certain languages that always fall by the wayside, it would seem. Yeah, well, as I said, it takes at least not that you are um, supposed to use only three official languages. It takes at least. At least, um, but inevitably you see the same three languages being used over and over again. Yeah, look, in most cases, what's supposed to happen is that you need to take a regional as well as uh, your provincial uh, languages into... Uh, uh, um, <clears throat> I mean, in other words, you need to consider those languages before you can um, uh, indicate which language are you going to use. For instance, let me just make an example with the Western Cape. The Western Cape already has three official languages. Uh, it's English, Africans, as well as Sikosa, you know. So if there's a need to add another language, they can do so uh, on top of the three that they have uh, so far. But as I said, uh, what they have done is to take uh, the circumstances within that uh, province before they decided on which languages to go with. But in practical terms, if you look at English and Afrikaans and where they are at as a languages, official languages, what is being done to make sure that Isikosa is brought up to speed so that it enjoys the same status and also uh, where Isikosa speakers can go and uh, access services in Isikosa in the same way that they can in English and Afrikaans? Well, that's why I was saying that um, uh, with 
act, you know, um, it makes it compulsory for um, uh, departments, for uh, provincial uh, as well as national uh, uh, departments to ensure that they take um, the amounts that are widely spoken in that area uh, so that they can try and develop them and make them uh, power with English and, and, and Africans. But, but um, Mr. Cesar, how is that different from having declared these languages official languages, uh, you know, donkeys years ago, and still we have a problem with the development of languages? I mean, surely something needs to be done differently. There, there, there has to be more impetus, more money, more resources spent on, you know, uh, trying to develop these languages consciously. Well, that's uh, uh, very true, that we definitely need uh, more resources. Uh, in order to ensure that uh, uh, these languages uh, do develop. I mean, that's what uh, uh, happened with Africans, for instance. Uh, that's why today Africans is uh, regarded as one of the developed uh, languages. Uh, the unfortunate part is that at the moment, um, languages are taking a back seat when it comes to issues um, of development in the country. Uh, but as I said, uh, we are with this um, use of official languages, as well as the, uh, what's happening in um, uh, education, to indicate that um, uh, when you are starting school, at least you must um, be taught in your uh, mother tongue uh, in order to ensure that uh, you develop with that language and learn a second language like English. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. Spusisa Nkosi from uh, Pansalp. And I must just indicate they were invited to participate in this discussion was Pansalp, but they were not available at the time that the show went on air. But, uh, of course, you know, again, we are not disputing the fact that, you know, legislatively there are provisions in place. However, the realities on the ground are much different. And this is what we are grappling with this morning. Hence, the question arises as to whether we shouldn't just reconcile ourselves with one, having one official language, and um, or, or maybe others feel that we should have the 11. But of what value is it in having 11 official languages when they don't all um, enjoy or are accorded the same status. And our guest this morning, we have with us Dr. Dr. Kim Walmach, and um, she's acting director of the Witz Language School, and also Alex Ndiso Mabunda, who is managing partner at Ndiso Consulting. Let's just take the last few calls. Um, Riranzu in Valdesia, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. And how are you? Well, and you? Wonderful. I, I need to make a contribution in this debate. Um, it's, a, it's the language. Language is one of the most important um, instruments in the development of any community. Now, in our case, as we uh, enter into this discussion, I value of great importance the definition of who we are. Unless we find that uh, our language, the language that will be developed or all our activities in the development of the languages as we know them today are not going to yield uh, who we are in the end. I believe we are all um, we are all Africans abantu, uh, abantu uh, referring from the collection of our daily usage of our different dialects. We realize that we all call ourselves abantu.
Ibano, we are humans. Now, Abantu deriving the expression Ubuntu, meaning that we are children of Utu, the sun god. We are all calling ourselves the sea. We are the younger people, the, the longer people, the raka people, the halaka people, batagyambu. All Africans in, here in South Africa, we are children of the sun. As children of the sun, meaning therefore that uh, we refer to ourselves as living, mm. uh, uh, as Ubuntu. Ubuntu meaning that we are children of the sun, we are the light. Okay. Riranzo, thanks for that. And then and I just want to take Opa quickly because we are running out of time. He's calling us from Alberton. Opa? Yes, San Bonani. Yebo, Gunjan. What I just introduced myself with by saying San Bonani, it's very critical. That goes with language. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate language from culture. And this is where the respect and the dignity comes in. Now, if you travel the whole world, each and every country across the whole world, they respect their own indigenous languages. Why can't we? And that's the question that we have to ask of ourselves as South Africans. Um, But I just want to run through some of the messages that have come through. Jabulani says, we have 12 languages when we include uh, Khoisan language. I'm disgusted with the ANC government. We we are behaving like the Australians and the Americans who oppress the indigenous languages. Please, government, include the Khoisan language. King in Soweto says, it's a good idea to have only one uh, official language. Joe in Peter Maritzburg, it's all very well to promote all 11 uh, languages uh, languages in Umzansi, but the reality is that in Umzansi we were conquered and colonized by the English and therefore English became the language. Capital also uh, became largely English. Uh, Kosi in PE says, accepting English as our language will mean that we have accepted the slavery, discarded our being as indigenous Africans and as only slaves that would accept that. TP in Kempton Park says, please leave our 11 languages alone. Uh, we are a diverse country and every South African citizen has the duty to respect and embrace our rainbow of languages. Victor in KZN, Sakina, is English your home language? No, it isn't actually, uh, Victor. Uh, but then let's go on to some of the tweets. Uh, Solomon uh, Baribe says... What are traditional leaders and institutions doing to promote their languages? And that's an interesting question because is it something that is simply taken for granted that people would just uh, necessarily speak in their native languages? Hulu SD says, universally business is conducted in two languages, English and French, so it's imperative that we maintain English. What about Chinese? Just a question. The native thinker says, the reality is that English and Afrikaans are the official languages. It is um, as if the natives are forced to learn English. Kosing Pile Mkunu says, we have one official language, but it must be one, we should have, we can have one official language, but it must be one of our indigenous languages. Zakes, a serious waste of resources. Any language without commercial and cultural value is just a nice to have, says Zakes. And KGM says, 11 official languages in South Africa is a myth. Look at official government documents. 21 years into democracy, English and Afrikaans are still forced. So that's what our listeners are saying. Alex? Okay, uh, thank you once again. Uh, I'm just going to read out a couple of words here. So you have a word like Maboko in Tonga, Maboko in Tswana, you know, Hosha to Hosa. 
Tulula, Rutsuluha, Hatima, Patima, and so forth. So just looking at these words, you can see that the, the difference between the languages is pretty much artificial. Utula, Utula, you know, between the two languages. And, and you can do the same across the different languages. So I think there's still a case. And when you look, uh, or rather when you listen to the tweets, the callers and, and everyone, it's very clear that we don't have an answer around the 11 languages. And mm. if as Bantu of this country we see ourselves as one, I can't see why people are so fearful of condensing their, you know, <laughs> dialects into one. Absolutely. Well, there's something to chew on. Uh, Dr. Kim? My view is that language is a human right and language is entwined with identity. I think a lot of the callers spoke about that, about nationhood. We can't forget that. If we do that, we will we will lose so much. So I think we need to respect our linguistic diversity as South Africans, but we need to work harder. We need to make sure that we learn languages and we understand our backgrounds. We can't have children cut off from their grandparents. That can't happen. Mm. So we do need to keep going and we do need to force government really push to acknowledge the importance of language. And I think that means we need to do some serious introspection as individual South Africans because that is where the crux of the problem is. It lies with us. Government will only push as hard as we ask them to. Absolutely. And also we we, we can't affirm the differences that were created by the colonial experience and want to live and die by it. I, I can't see why I want to do that. Maweliso Mabaso has the last word on this saying the problem is that South Africa is not a homogenous country. We can't have one language reigning supreme over others. So that's where we're going to leave it this morning. Thanks so much uh, for participating as fantastically as always. Dr. King uh, of Valmach and also Alex Mabunda and of course to the production team who made sure it went out loud and clear. That's it from us. Back tomorrow bright and early at 6am. It's time for news now with Sikona Miso.